everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. Hope you're having a great day. It's uh, recording this intro and outro on a Tuesday evening, so uh, getting it all primed for tomorrow's release. And you might hear in the background, I've got dark elevation going, so the uh, sultry sounds of Excalibur and Daddy Magic might, uh, might creep through just a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean... Things are going good. It's uh, a lot of good shows coming up in the next little bit. I know in October just announced was uh, Time Bomb making their return to Fargo. And the main event being a cage match between uh, Brian Keith and Dominic Greeny for the Time Bomb Championship. So that should be a killer. And also announced on the card was Speedball Mike Bailey, which is huge. And the one uh, the one that really perked my ears up was uh, Filthy Tom Lawler, who just coming off his uh, New Japan G1 appearance. So it was great seeing him there, and the crowd really loved him. So that's really awesome. So grab tickets and go check out that show. And, uh, yeah, have some fun with it. Uh, what else we got coming up? We got the uh, CWE all through August in various uh, various places in Manitoba. And I know beginning of September, I think they're heading out to Ontario, if I'm not mistaken. I think they got Carlito. And uh, they're also hitting up uh, Saskatoon later in August, I think. I could be mistaken, but I'm fairly certain because I think Shark Boy is going to be there. So, uh, yeah, Shark Boy, give me a shell, yeah. So there's CWE, ran through Time Bomb. WPW has their show already sold out. Maybe, maybe tickets might be available. I'm I'm not certain, but, uh, yeah, it's sold out. So you might be able to find a couple, a couple laying around, maybe a few late releases, not too sure but just stay tuned to social media they usually tweet out if they uh, if they have some and uh, if i see i'll make sure i retweet it just if anyone's looking and uh recently just announced i know 3d pro wrestling has their upcoming show august 18th but if you're listening to this it might already be done do not fret because already announced is the next upcoming show october 29th I don't know if it's been released yet, but October 29th, make sure you stay tuned. Tickets will be available soon. But already announced, Dragon Gate's own La Estrella. I'm sure I mispronounced it, but uh, Estrella? Estrella? Yeah, well, you know what I'm talking about. He is absolutely incredible. Such a phenomenal, high-flying talent, very acrobatic, some huge huge skill set with him so stay tuned for tickets make sure you grab them do not miss out this is a once in a lifetime opportunity i sometimes will talk about uh going back looking at old results and just seeing who was able to come through town and i mean you look back and i mean prince devitt finn balor wrestled a show in winnipeg back in uh, the late or i mean like 2008 or 9 i think it was going back i can't remember exactly when but seeing his name there I mean, you go and look at some of those old CWE shows and, you know, ACH Wrestling or Dante Leon. So tons of wrestlers, you know, come through on these independent shows. So make sure you grab tickets. Don't miss out. Once in a lifetime opportunity. So make sure you grab tickets and uh, we'll have some fun watching some wrestling. This week on the podcast, I was joined by none none other than Numi Berber. 
Now, Numi is based out in the Pacific Northwest. She has been, uh, she's only been doing this for a, a short time, but already she is developing quite a following. She's been wrestling for WrestleCore, Glam Slam, a couple others. I think she did 365 as well out, uh, out west. So she joins me this week. We talk about uh, her, you know, basically her introduction to wrestling, her moving to Canada, dealing with MS. We talk about women in wrestling, not women's wrestling. We are way past identifying it as a women's wrestling match. They're wrestlers, all right? But we talk about some of the great women in wrestling, especially out, uh, out west, what they've been doing out there. Uh, recently was the WrestleCore Lucha Show. And uh, that was this past weekend, so we recorded it before the show happened. But we talk about the show, what you know, fans can expect for even next year. You know, what sort of atmosphere is there? Something you don't want to miss. So, without further ado, on the Great Maker Wrestling Podcast, Numi Berber. So July was a pretty big month for you. Besides wrestling, I mean, you became a permanent resident of Canada, correct? Yes, I did. Yeah, it was a long long journey to get that bloody card so yeah finally became a resident and yeah now I can travel in and out of the country so that's great <laughs> I mean that's huge like wrestling not just wrestling wise but like life-wise being able to travel oh, yeah. throughout North America but even wrestling wise just to get yourself out there a little bit more yeah I mean it's I I'm excited because one I get to go back to Ireland uh and I haven't seen my family in three years. So that's a big thing for me. And then, yeah, wrestling wise, I mean, I'd love to get down to Seattle. I've been asked by a few companies before and it's kind of, it's crap turning the down and being like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't because of visa issues. But now I've got a bit more flexibility and yeah, hopefully, hopefully they're still biting. <laughs> now, before like you became a permanent resident, were you not able to go back home? was yeah okay so i was over here on a two-year visa and then so that had finished up and i was kind of waiting for my residency to come through but then covid happened there were some complications and yeah basically i had to kind of restart the process so that was a bit of a nightmare and yeah i just wasn't able to i was able to leave the country but i wouldn't have been able to come back in okay covid and working it just didn't make sense mm-hmm. and also because i'm someone who's immunocompromised leaving the country not really a great great idea anyway yeah. <laughs> so when did you originally come to canada i'm here five years now five years okay and like so growing up you're from ireland correct yes i am yes. Oh, growing up what was that like for you yeah, it's, I guess, like, so different culture-wise over there than mm-hmm. it is here. Um, I grew up, like, in the countryside, so, you know, we had, like, one TV channel. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, you just be outside all day. I was, like, super lucky that I got to do, like, a lot of dance classes and things like that. And then as a, yeah, I kind of moved around the country a little bit. I went to, I'm from Waterford originally, which is down southeast. Okay. And uh, yeah, then I moved to Cork to do university and then moved to Dublin to do my master's degree and from there moved over here. So yeah, it was great. I mean, like we're such a, it's such a nation of like storytellers. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to bring that into a lot of the things I do and yeah, I, I miss it a lot, but I love it here as well. Oh, I bet. I mean, anything I've seen, whether it's pictures or videos, like it just looks so beautiful over there. 
It's lush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. I miss it. Now, growing up, I mean, you get into wrestling. Were you a fan growing up? No, I wouldn't have been really. I think like my, I don't know, I would say like my earliest memory of wrestling was my neighbor up the road had uh, little action figures of The mm-hmm. Undertaker and Sting. And I knew, I mean, I knew what it was. Like I knew it's it's in the vernacular. Like you know what the, like the, that's like a Royal Rumble is, you know, yeah. like what WrestleMania is, things like that. But I'd never really watched it again. Like living I feel like when I say oh we had like one tv channel it makes us seem like we're in the back arse of nowhere but we kind of were <laughs> so unfortunately uh they weren't showing WWE on RTE tv so <laughs> um, but yeah so really my first taste of wrestling was I was living in Dublin I work in advertising as like my day job mm-hmm. and um the agency I was working in Think House they just a great agency to work and they were super flexible like with creativity and one of the things I got to do was kind of produce this online magazine called Youth and through that um, someone got in contact they wanted to do like a little mini documentary series and they gave us free reign we could do whatever we want and my boss uh, my direct kind of supervisor will say was really really into wrestling and I mean a couple of my friends were into it as well for me I was like oh well like you know I've never really seen it before but he's really into it I like talking about it with him it seems like a kind of pageant pageantry thing so yeah. why not and we reached out to Session Moth Martina and interviewed her we did this um five minute documentary on what it was like to be a female wrestler in Ireland and just this was at the time where she was getting ready to go over to Japan and to the States so it was a really really interesting time in her career Mm -hmm. and just seeing kind of what she was going through so through that I got to um, actually go to a couple of her shows we got to spend time with her and just I was like oh it's just it's theater but like (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean and I was like yeah geez I love this like it was so interesting and I actually met LP, El Fantasmo, on that show very briefly. And we had interviewed him like really quickly afterwards. And I had mentioned that I was like, oh, I'm thinking of moving to Canada. Not sure if I'll go to Vancouver or Toronto, blah, blah, blah. And he was mm-hmm. like, go to Vancouver. That was kind of it. And then I was like, oh, well, yeah, I looked into it more. Came, move up, moved over here and yeah, ended up meeting him again. And I see him quite, quite regularly. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's got to be a trip where, you know, you'll see him at a show now and it's like, you know, seven years ago or five years ago, it's like he was one of the first people you run into over there. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Like when I think about it, every time I see him, I'm like, yeah, Jesus, I remember first meeting you. And like, so funny because obviously, you know, when we met again, he didn't know who I was and why would he? I was just some random person from Ireland. But it's like, God, yeah, it's mad that like that's come full circle and that he ended up you know, joining my Zoom wedding. So that was <laughs> funny. now when you like, so you go experience, you know, you see what uh, Session Moth is going through and all, you know, you get to hear her story a little bit. When did it kind of, you know, pique your interest to think that that was something that you wanted to get into? Yeah. So when I moved over here, I started doing burlesque okay. and I was big into that and just kind of happened that one day, one of the producers of Glam Slam, a kind of burlesque hybrid wrestling show that is, I think it runs every three months here. Mm -hmm. 
you know, got onto me. She's like, I think you'd be a good fit for this show. Do you want to like start wrestling? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm not really doing anything on Tuesday. So like, why not? Like I'll come out to the tryout. And all we did in the initial tryouts were kind of tumbling around, running the ropes, things like that. And I remember the next day being like, oh, my neck. (laughs) I was like, God, it was great fun. Like it was good crack. Um, And yeah, she messaged like, do you want to keep going to training? We'd like, you know, love to help you out with it. And I was hooked. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, did you start burlesque when you were in Vancouver or was that something you had done before? I had done like a small, tiny amount of it in Ireland, but okay. seen, I mean, I'm sure it's much better now. I feel like when I was doing it, it wasn't as accessible and it wasn't like as for me, I felt it wasn't as big or like, it was just quite costly to do things that I, I was, wasn't really sure if I was into. Whereas mm-hmm. here, when I got back into it again, there was such, it's a way bigger variety of classes you can do styles teachers and a lot more frequent with shows so Mm -hmm. I really you know dove headfirst into it it's something that I feel like the past 10 years is definitely it really has come up more you see it a lot more in a lot of the bigger cities you know and stuff like that sort of area maybe not I mean here in Winnipeg you don't see it that often but like you know Vancouver or Toronto and it's really something that really it's very popular you know like you see more people getting into it yeah definitely I think I mean Vancouver we're so fortunate that there's a big burlesque school here so Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's just it's a great scene it's thriving it's you know it went through a bit of a dip but it's coming back and it's going from strength to strength and I think you're seeing such a it's amazing that you just see such a wide display of diversity and body, you know, everything mm-hmm. and just such a joy for, you know, performance. It's great. And I would encourage everyone to do at least one burlesque class. <laughs> it, it's, uh, you know, it's great that you say that because even now in wrestling, you're seeing more, you know, more different uh, body types, sizes, people, you know, mm-hmm. colors, everything like that being brought to the forefront and getting that opportunity. So right now burlesque and wrestling are almost going hand in hand with that sort of thing. Oh, truly. Yeah. I feel God, even like, but when I started doing wrestling, I think the scene was quite, the scene really had changed over COVID and mm-hmm. definitely for the better. Um, I feel the, sh- now I can't speak for <laughs> the whole of Canada, but like certainly I found in Vancouver that the scene here was, you know, you had the glam slam, which is like that kind of hybrid thing, but it was very hard to find a lot of like women being promoted on shows or some some kind of cards just didn't really add up very well. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you had to look a certain type of way. You had to be on that diet. You had to do this, that, the other. Or like if you didn't fit that thing, it's like, well, if you're not if you're this body shape, you have to be this type of character. Yeah, I think truly like after the pandemic, things have shifted. And I would say like honestly like WrestleCore, they have been a huge component of that shift they've always they've never advertised a woman's match as the ladies match or like mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. it's always been it's a it's a match it's a it's two women wrestling just like it should be advertised yeah. you know it's any other match and there's always been more than one match and there's always been several women um several you know ethnicities people body sizes disabilities sexualities on the card and mm-hmm. it's not been something that it just it made it's always made sense since its inception 
And it's nice to see that, like, you've got Nation Extreme Wrestling really following suit on that as well. It's like, you look at their roster, it's incredible, like, what they're doing with their cards. I think wrestling as a whole, it's come past the point where it's like, it has to advertise a women's wrestling match. It's a wrestling match, you know? If exactly, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to say, you know, like... uh you know, a match from stardom, I might like, oh, it's a good women's wrestling match. No, it's a good wrestling good match. Wrestling just, match. <laughs> just flat out. So yeah. I think it's one thing that we're getting there. I don't think everywhere is fully there yet where the people are fully there yet, but hopefully we get to that point where everyone is just like, it's just wrestling. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like, you know, it's baby steps, but yeah. like, yeah, we're getting there and we're getting there slowly, but surely. And I think, you know, wrestling's really for the, it's the better for it. It's, we're getting rid of that kind of like strange mentality around things um, and just celebrating wrestlers for doing what they're doing. Just mm-hmm. ass, yeah. Did you have any reservations getting into wrestling? I mean, I did a little bit. Um, I feel like I was kind of especially because I had started doing it in that kind of burlesque hybrid role. I think mm-hmm. I, I for a long time, I was very cautious of people th- just thinking I was, you know, taking the piss out of it or not taking it as seriously. But I was dedicated to going to my training and, you know, I progressed and, you know, I took my time. I didn't rush my debut. I didn't, you know, you know, bite the bullet and like go in and do things that I, in places where I shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was a bit worried. I was worried that people would kind of, that you know fellow female wrestlers or non-binary wrestlers would look down on me as if I was you know just showing up in a saucy outfit and taking the piss out of something they have worked very very hard to Mm -hmm. get achieve recognition in but thankfully it hasn't really been that way so um, it's been great and I mean obviously during pandemic shows shut down and once we got back I you know kicked up my training and unfortunately I was diagnosed with MS so the reservations kind of continued there because I was like, well, I'm, I'm running on empty. I've, you know, got a disability and it's really, should I be doing this? Is this the right thing for my body to be doing? And I don't know. I just kind of told myself, well, I might not be able to do this. I'm, I don't have a, sh- I have a shelf life for wrestling. You know, yeah. I know this, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. I don't want to do it forever either, but God, while I'm, able to I might as well so and luckily I've been working with people who really understand where my body's at and my disabilities and you know they've been great about it so it's really been a great experience now I I, I'd like to ask about MS because it's something I remember when I was younger you know you always see the commercials about it and you know talking about it and I don't know if it's just getting older you don't hear as much about it but Mm -hmm. it's still something that affects many people all like all throughout the world now you said you were recently diagnosed with it was it something that you had uh been dealing with before and then it just the diagnosis came or kind of yeah it's funny I was actually talking to my mom about this the other day um and yeah I think like maybe when I was 18 out of nowhere I couldn't lift my left arm Mm -hmm. like up past like you know elbow height and you know I went to doctors we did like x-rays scans like little MRIs on things but they couldn't find anything but they were only like doing the MRIs on my shoulders and they Mm -hmm. thought it was like a trapped nerve or something but couldn't feel anything couldn't move my arm and then after about like two or three months it kind of subsided yeah 
And then, yeah, like really until yeah, like 2019, kind of, I would say around like November, December, same thing, like my left arm, just I lost complete, like completely lost feeling in my palm, lost a lot of strength in my arm. I was really itchy uh, and I was just so exhausted, but I thought, you know, oh, well, I'm tired because I'm working a nine to five. And then when I finish work, I get an hour train out to wrestling training, or if I'm not wrestling training, I'm doing three or four hours of dance rehearsal. I'm bibbing around yeah. the city and I'm performing every weekend. So I was like, well, that's a regular feeling to have. Yeah. Um, but I got a concussion in January and it just took me too long to recover from it. And eventually I got MRIs and yeah, came back that, yeah, I had MS. And I mean, when I got that diagnosis, like you said, you, you saw all the commercials when you were growing up and yeah. I immediately was like, oh, Jesus, I'm going to be in a wheelchair. I'm not going to be able to walk. You got a worst case scenario. Yeah, right? always. Um, and yeah, so they were like, my doctor rang me, you know, we looked at your things pretty sure you've got MS but we can't see you for the next six weeks because we're the pandemic had just started mm -hmm. and we're not opening so I just sit with that for six weeks uh you know and every all the awful thoughts are going to your head mm -hmm. like what do I do like should I leave Canada should I go back to Ireland like what am I gonna like what's what's happening here like what am I gonna do what's my body gonna do like how quickly does it deteriorate um, but luckily I was able to start treatment in September, I think it was of 2020. And, mm -hmm. you know, some days are better than others, but yeah. it's, it's very, very treatable. And like the medication that's out there now, like compared to, you know, someone of like our parents' generation, what they would have been on if they had started on with MS, mm -hmm. totally different. Um, so really I count myself very, very lucky that I caught it early and it's treatable. I was reading up on it leading to mm -hmm. chatting with you and I was amazed at just some of the stuff that like people have to deal with. So, I mean, it's definitely one of those things that I'm glad that you, you've been able to find it and be able to, you know, treat it and, you know, be able to manage it, so to say, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm super, super lucky. So, so you had started training before the pandemic had hit, correct? Yeah. Yes, I had. So, I mean, you get you get going you know you start it's something you're enjoying doing the pandemic hits it's got to be i mean everyone involved in wrestling it kind of took the wind out of their sails but for yourself just getting started that really had to have hurt yeah it was a bit of a blow i'm not gonna lie but i mean my husband's a wrestler yeah. so i was pretty lucky that you know we could do a little bit of chain around the house occasionally or like we'd watch a lot of it together and then when things you know when it felt a little safer to go into say public places um I was lucky that you know him and I and Cobra Kai were able to meet up at the gym and we continued my training and then Gerv and Harv from the Bollywood boys joined us so we kind of kept a little small kind of cardio session going we were very very careful like if someone didn't feel well we wouldn't go but yeah. It was nice that I was able to kind of keep up what I had started, mm. obviously not to the same degree, but at least when, you know, shows opened up again, I wasn't totally out of practice, which was oh. very nice. <laughs> <laughs> when, like you had mentioned, you guys were watching stuff. What sort of stuff are you watching, studying, kind of learning from? So really, it's funny, uh, like, because I, you know, I wasn't really watching wrestling before I mm -hmm. had 
gotten into it. And even when I had started training, like, you know, occasionally I throw something on, but really during the pandemic is when I, I feel like my love for it really developed. And that is partially because of uh, Adam Ryder, my husband, like Mm -hmm. he, he lives, breathes, sleeps <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, we were watching it, and I think, uh, we, yeah, the re- I think there was like a WrestleMania on uh, during the pandemic in 2020, yeah. and I actually set up like a little viewing party with my friends over in Ireland who were really into it, and we all watched together. So that was great. And just yeah, since then I started watching more of the Royal Rumbles. I you know, completely rewatched uh, Kofi Kingston's like run up to WrestleMania 35. And mm-hmm. I mean, just, I feel like, yeah, I just, I saw that wrestling didn't have to be this like serious, serious fight, fight, fight. I saw it could be like something entertaining and it could bring joy. And just watching what Kofi Kingston does and what New Day we're doing, I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to come out with a bang. I want to have the people cheering me and like, yeah you know that kind of hype and yeah it was just incredible so watching I watch a lot of his stuff to see like you know that kind of character work like how he's selling how he's bringing people in and I mean I love his high-flying stuff it's something I would love to do the body's not always able to do that stuff mm-hmm. but we're getting there and yeah then we started watching AEW and that has just gone from strength to strength we watch that every week mm-hmm. uh it's funny because when you were like we were talking trying to set up the time and i was like yeah anytime's good and i'm just like i'm thinking I'm like i hope she doesn't say wednesday evenings but <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> i wouldn't do it yeah <laughs> you know i i'm i almost envy uh how you became like got into wrestling because you know to start watching when the pandemic hits you know there's still shows going on but you have all of this wrestling at your disposal that you've never seen before and so many great matches and moments and wrestlers just to take in for the very first time and like just thinking of that it's like that's so incredible for someone new getting into it Oh yeah, it like having that back catalog and then yeah, just seeing how it really evolved over time and like the kind of yeah, it was incredible. I was super super lucky to have an experience like that. And you had mentioned, you know, like uh, the new day and they come out with their entrance and the like the pomp and all the crowd going nuts, you know. And I like that wrestling has come to that point now where it doesn't have to be always so serious and you can have that fun and enjoyment, get the crowd into it because that's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I feel like what, what we're doing is serious. Like what we're doing to our mm-hmm. bodies is serious, the training, the, everything that goes on in the background. But like, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going out there, you're going out there in a sparkly suit, hair <laughs> tights, like the butt or whatever, you know, no shirt on. And you're entertaining. Like at the end of the day, you want people to, people aren't going to remember every single spot you did. They're going to remember like yeah like I was entertained I really enjoyed that like I loved when they did this and like they might remember one or two things and that's all you can hope for you just want to leave people with that smile with Mm -hmm. that energy so that they're pumped after watching your match to watch the next one yeah now I have to ask about a couple of matches that you've been involved in um I was going back doing some research and uh, I've got a few but the first one was against Nicole Matthews for 365 yes Uh, now, I mean, 
you had only been doing it for a couple of years and to step into the ring with someone who is as the veteran presence as Nicole, I mean, that's a huge opportunity for yourself to learn and to show what you can do so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Nick, so it's funny. I've been training since 2019, but really I only debuted in March this year. So mm-hmm. Nicole, I believe was like my 10th or like ninth or 10th match. That's freaking intimidating. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like she is, she is a legend in the Canadian scene. She's an incredible mentor. She is a, like, I would say like one of the gold standards. She's amazing. And she's a really, really generous person with her time. And like, like I said, like she really worked around my disability and like, you know, how my body was feeling that day. For me, I don't do well with heat. And unfortunately, 365 is a very <laughs> hot building. Oh, Lord. I came out of the curtain. I was like, oh, my God. I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's scary when that happens because, you know, the heat brings on the brain fog and it's very easy to become lost. But mm-hmm. Nicole's a great communicator. She, you know, I, I watched that match back and I like very critical of myself. I'm like, oh, I didn't. That's not great there. That's not great there. But I will say I listened very well. And that's something I'm very proud of. I'm like, there's work to, to be done, but to be able to do that with Nicole and, you know, be there for her spots feed properly. I'm very happy for my level. Very, very happy. I think one of the toughest things, but it also, it it allows you to grow is afterwards when you're like, you can be so hard on yourself, but then it's, you know, you have, you know, maybe people being like, okay, it, you can be hard, but don't forget all the good stuff that happened and just being exactly. able to grow off of that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, I'm very fortunate that like I'm, I'm self-aware I'm not like delusional I know when I had a match that I'm like okay could have done better here mm-hmm. here here but I'm also I'm not gonna be down on myself all the time that's not gonna help me progress that's not gonna help anyone progress because I'm telling everyone how terrible I did in a match then that makes the, the person I was in look bad and feel bad yeah so I'm like, okay, I know where I went wrong. However, I got to give myself some pat on the back for the areas I went right in. Exactly. I've, I think I've had that kind of mentality instilled into me from like Ryder, from Cobra Kai and from my other coach, Kasaki. They've always been like, you got to graciously, you know, be humble, graciously reflect on where you went wrong, but also reward yourself on where you went right you really have a good group of people that you've been able to learn from and pick their brain and just grow as a wrestler. Yeah. I'm incredibly fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other couple matches I wanted to ask about were with WrestleCore. Um, mm-hmm. First off with uh, the rhinestone cowboy and former guest, Stephen Crow. Yes. Um, and then with uh, Evan rivers, if I'm not mistaken, most recently. Yeah. yeah. Both great matches. I mm-hmm. mean, like I said, like I, I just like, I like having fun in the ring. I like yeah. entertaining, you know, and geez, if you can't laugh at yourself, like, what are you doing? You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like Stephen Crow is God, a credit to himself. Like he's a great, so easy to talk to, to plan with, like so open to, you know, pitching different ideas and you can really tell, I would say like the influence his brother MRB has had on him. Like they're mm-hmm. just 
so professional and yeah like I look back on that match with Crow and I was like that's fun that's a great match we both look good I, I, yeah I think it's easily one of my favorites so mm-hmm. far and then the one with Rivers again Rivers like for someone who is like he's still quite new you know he just debuted like I think moments before the pandemic really mm-hmm. and um god he's got like a very good head on his shoulders like I've you know a lot of people they'll go into business for themselves and they don't understand the concept of what your match is trying to do and they'll just get they'll blow out the time they'll take time from others and they'll do spot 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 and they'll tire people out but Mm -hmm. he has just been like he's so good like he knows exactly what people need from a match he's like oh don't worry about getting my shit in the point is we're gonna do you know they want to see the jack in the box they want to see this that and the other you know like he's just yeah really great guy i've always been amazed at the um the bc the the wrestling family there the alberta wrestling family and how it's like seemingly integrated into each other and just the support and incredible matches that everyone's been putting on you see you know like you're tearing from accounting is coming from Alberta wrestling in BC and then vice versa over there. And it's so fantastic to see the support that's there and then branching out all through Western Canada. Oh yeah. It's incredible. I think like, yeah, really Alberta and BC have really made a great connection. Uh, definitely in the last like couple of months, I think a lot of that really is because, you know, from, from Taron and from uh, like MRB and Crow, like that, drive to just show professionalism at every single level and you know there's no egos with them mm-hmm. they're just great people to be around they're real locker room leaders and I think you find that in BC as well the same mentality you've got a lot of people who are just really they're there because they love doing what they're doing and there's mm-hmm. no ego about it and that just makes great connections and it makes great shows I'm a huge fan of the BC scene right now because, you know, you have your Glam Slams, you have WrestleCore, you have NEW365, all different promotions, all doing different stuff. So really, if you're not into one thing one company is doing, chances are one or the other one has something going on you're really going to like. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I will say your credit to BC, like everyone plays very fair with each other. There's no drama between promoters ever, like it's a big pie and there is enough pie for everyone, mm-hmm. you know? And like you said, if, if, if one promotion's not exactly your cup of tea, you've got several others that are doing things at an equally high level as each other and you'll find something for everyone. Now, I mean, you've only had, is it how many matches have you had about 15? I've had 13 now. 13. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is there any people that you've seen that you have your eyes on that you really want to work with out there so far? And it's not to like limit anyone. It's just, you know, just off the top of your head. Oh yeah. I mean, like I would love to, I mean, any of the clandestine society, they're just a credit to themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they are, yeah. Amazing talent. Um, I would love to get in a ring with someone like Cat Power or Bambi Hall, uh, Jody Threat, and then from like kind of uh, East Coast, Taylor Rising. Geez, she's an immense talent. Like she is so good. And mm-hmm. honestly, all that Ontario crew, I remember when they came over for the Lucha show last year. Ooh, they lit a fire under the ass of BC. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. They are, yeah, just great people. Mark, uh, Taylor, and uh, Jesse V and Anton. 
four very different styles of wrestling, but, you know, dedicated, energetic, and yeah, they challenge people. And I think they're, yeah, I would love to work with any of them. I mean, this will be airing after the shows, but I know on the 13th and 14th that uh, WrestleCore is doing a big Lucha two-night event, correct? Yes, yes, yeah, we are. So it, they do it every, uh, basically every year, obviously, okay. the pandemic time off, but this mm-hmm. is the fourth show, two nights of Lucha wrestling, and yeah, they bring in luchadores and luchadoras from Mexico, which is like super important for them that, they're bringing these people in and you know it's it's one of it is the best show it's the best show you will see all year Mm -hmm. like from start to finish you've got you know mexican skirt dancers there are uh other latin style dancers there's food trucks there's music there's mariachi there's luchadors there's kind of fun gimmicky matches as well it's just yeah it's it is easily the best show (laughs) And I say that with no bias. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just under the impression it was just the wrestling, but to have all of that, it really makes it quite the experience. So, I mean, totally. if uh, next year, if, you know, if you're listening to this, make sure next year you go out and see this. I think it's an incredible, uh, an incredible opportunity. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's honestly like uh, WrestleCore brings in such a great crowd. The energy is all the way up for every single match and I think you know if you're lucky to get a ticket to it because they always usually sell out quite quickly you are guaranteed to leave there absolutely delighted with yourself you if if you don't like wrestling it's an experience that is Mm -hmm. completely worth the ticket price I always tell people like who might have reserves about going to wrestling for the first time I always just say go in with an open mind if you do that you're gonna have fun Exactly. It's like with anything, you know, try yeah. it once. And if you don't like it, then at least, you know, <laughs> you had mentioned, you know, that this is something that, you know, it does have a shelf life. It's not something that you can do forever, but <laughs> are there any things that you have almost on a bucket list that you would like to do in wrestling? Um, I, yeah, my big bucket list, I think would be to wrestle in Ireland and to yeah. wrestle session moth. I mean, like whether she knows it or not, she is the reason I got into wrestling. Just I was so captivated by her story and what she was doing that, yeah, it would be nice to kind of have that full circle moment. It would be incredible. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that would be a big bucket list thing for me. And then I guess at the moment, really, it's just getting into the States, like going down to I'd love to do a show like Defy or Prestige or uh, Lucha Volcanica or SOS. Like they're fun shows. They're. I, I don't really have any, you know, huge ambitions to be on TV. It's not something that would ever be in the cards for me. But being on shows like that, where the level of talent is so high, it only serves, you know, me, like to bring me up to their mm-hmm. level, for me to write, like challenge myself, push myself, see what my body is capable of. And, you know, if in a couple of years time, it comes to the kind of stage where I have to, you know, really start packing it in, at least I can you know, tip my hat and be like, I went, you know, I did what I could do while I could do it. And I had a second great time. So. <laughs> I, I think that's definitely important that like, you know, just being on TV or working for a major company, it's not the be all end all, you know, it's doing what you really want to do and be able to work where you want to and go where you want to. I know like it's, 
sort of similar but way different because i'm not a wrestler but for me it's like i want to be able to go see shows like i want to go to a defy show i want to go to a pwg show and just like to experience it like as a wrestling fan that's all i could ask for is those opportunities like oh absolutely yeah so you just want to be in that atmosphere when like you want to feel the like hair stand up as like the and i mean like you look at defy like they have that they Mm -hmm. have that like wall-to-wall fans chanting for the like just chanting defy or defiance and you can feel that electricity pulsing through the venue and to be part of that even even just to go down and watch even if I went down to watch if I never made it on a defy show I just want to experience that energy there's something so like unique about it Mm -hmm. And plus, uh, I think it's Matt who runs Defy down yeah, there. He, he's got an right incredible eye for talent, you know. So like, he really does. Yeah. With the people that he's brought down from BC to like the independent talent in the states, it's it's incredible to see him piecing it together. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, you're, you're exactly right. He does have a real eye for, you know. I feel like a lot of people like that go through Defy end up on the AEWs or end mm-hmm. up on, you know, they go on to big things. And he definitely does have an eye. And I would say Cobra Kai definitely has an eye for it as well. Having mm-hmm. had that those several years experience, like training in WWE, like helping people train and things like that. It's just, I think some people have that lucky thing where mm-hmm. they know talent when they see it. And as much as you can spot talent it's really up to that person to foster that relationship and show up you know and you know put their best foot out and I think you know the people Matt's brought down from uh, BC have certainly been doing that so Mm -hmm. Uh, I got a couple more for you then I'll let you uh, enjoy your evening and I like to ask everyone and I warned you before that I would ask it for a match recommendation that you think the listeners should go check out yeah so my favorite match definitely is that Kofi Kingston, Brian Danielson, I mm-hmm. believe he's called then. Yeah, WrestleMania 35. It's just, yeah, the lead up to that, incredible. And I mean, like I said, that was really my first kind of big taste of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And geez, if I wasn't like incredibly emotional seeing him lift that belt up at the end, it was just incredible. And they're two very different style wrestlers mm-hmm. as well. Kofi obviously very high-flying, Danielson very strike-orientated, just seeing them go toe-to-toe, the kind of passion, the drive. Kofi really knew, I know was always, when to use that fire up. And I think that's something that a lot of people uh, take for granted. It's like when to knowing when to do appropriate levels of firing up. It's something I'm trying to work on. Not, mm-hmm. not quite there, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's an incredible match and definitely well worth the watch. Anything mm-hmm. I feel also, uh, anything Kofi does in the Royal Rumbles, gee, like that's, what I was like that's what I want to do I want those <laughs> creative ways of I want people like oh I've never seen that before like the cheeky little little kind of hints to oh is, is he going out no like things like mm-hmm. that it's incredible so yeah they would be my my kind of suggestions I I really like your appreciation for the creativity in wrestling and I think that's an incredibly incredible quality to have because it sometimes mm-hmm. gets overlooked I feel so that's really awesome <laughs> Now, for people who aren't following you already, where can they find you on social media? 
So on Instagram, you can find me on Numi Creative. Um, and then I don't use Facebook. I have Twitter, which is, I think it's Berber Numi or Numi Berber. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're the two places I'm mostly at. And yeah, I love chatting to people. So hit me up. And upcoming shows now, I mean, obviously this will be out after the WrestleCore Lucha yeah. shows, but what do you have for the rest of the summer? For the rest of the summer, I'm actually taking things a little bit easier. Um, I have just started new medication for my MS and it is technically a chemotherapy. So I have, to, I'm very, very immunocompromised mm-hmm. at the moment. And I have to be very selective about what my body is going to do over the next kind of six months. So the, my next upcoming shows really, I'm focusing a lot on the WrestleCore shows. So the next one will be September 10th and then sometime in October and sometime in November I believe and then other than that I'll also be doing glam slam occasionally but yeah I'm just taking a little bit of a a body break the body is (laughs) it's screaming at me so (laughs) completely understandable so if if you're listening make sure you grab tickets for those shows go out and show some support yes thank you very much Numi thank you so much for doing this I really appreciate it thank you it was great chatting to you Thank you so much to Numi Berber for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Check her out on some of those upcoming WrestleCore shows, Glam Slam. She ran through the dates, so just uh, keep your eyes peeled, grab tickets, and uh, go support some local wrestling. Thank you to her. Thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. Uh, If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. Uh, that's my main sort of uh, social media platform that I use. Coming up a close second is Instagram, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Post video clips, you know, all kinds of stuff up on there. Uh, Facebook, don't use it nearly as much as I should, and I think I say that every single time, maybe one day. Email, grainmakerpodcast at gmail.com. So if you have questions, comments, concerns, want to see a guest on an upcoming show, hit me up there and I'll do what I can and uh, try to bring them on all podcast streaming platforms like usual and i've got t-shirts available 25 bucks a piece you can look very fashionable in your own Grainmaker wrestling podcast t-shirt they are very svelte some uh high quality logo on there very fashionable for summertime so uh grab yours you know de-sleeve it maybe rock the pipes sun's out guns out all that sort of stuff maybe even make it into a crop top who knows but uh, grab your shirt, 25 bucks, half the profits goes to a local nonprofit. I think that covers all of the, uh, all of the bases here. And I should say, t-shirts, uh, I will ship through Canada. Just hit me up and uh, we'll, we'll figure out the price, all right? Uh, I think that covers everything. So thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.